Hey, how's everyone doing out there? Welcome to Major League A-Holes, the show. I'm Pete. I'm Ryan. Welcome to the show. The Crosstown Series number two special preview edition. Uh, we've got plenty of sad Sox news, sad Cubs news. I've got some sad Tigers news. I think you've got a little bit of Giants news there. Uh, we're gonna pre, of course, we're gonna preview the Crosstown series this weekend. Uh, very different than what we thought it was going to be. The stakes are high, but different. Uh, we're gonna do our season-ending All A Holes team, uh, as opposed to an All Star team. <laughs> we're gonna put out uh, best players at each position from the four teams that we cover, which I thought would be kind of fun. Maybe We've next got, week. Maybe we next week we should do an all a holes team as the a holes of the year. Yeah, yeah, we could do that for sure. Um, <laughs> we've got more shit you couldn't make up. I've got a couple of doozies this week. It's unbelievable. The weird, the world gets weirder by the day. And of course, we have a very special asshole of the week that Pete will love to run with. So let's go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big. News. Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Well, last week, folks, we were the uh, capital of baseball. Now we're the uh, shit show of baseball. Yeah. The Sox have lost five in a row. They, they got to the state of Ohio and completely shit their pants. Yeah. And and of all of all pitchers, they beat Trevor Bauer, which is the funniest. That's crazy. Uh, there's shit you can't make up there. Yeah, that's a good Trevor one. Bauer. Um, um, they could have beaten the Indians three out of the four, but gave them all up. Um, mm. uh, again, one of them will have to do with a hole of the week, but you know both both teams will have dealt with that circumstance. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, you know, you would almost look at the White Sox and say, Hey, we, we, they clinched the playoffs as they went to Ohio. And then you would say, like, if you weren't really watching the games, you would took say, their foot like, off the gas. they took their foot off the gas, they, but yeah, they, that, that they don't, did not. they don't look like a team that took their foot off the gas. They look like a team that they were getting all the breaks and now they can't catch a break right now. And um, they are, they are struggling against good pitching. They're not making the adjustments. Um, and this is something that we've talked about with the Cubs over the years too. When you're a home run heavy team, <laughs> you sometimes are just waiting for that big bomb, but you got to be like a Jose Abreu. You've got to take what the pitcher's going to give you and, and maybe plop that ball into the opposite field. And really the only two guys who did that in in the uh in the series who are in our power hitter core were really Abreu and and Jimenez did a really good job at taking what he could get and and the other the other bright spot out of the Cleveland series was Mankata at three triples so his legs seemed to be 
back in shape from the COVID. Well, his lungs are not because he could barely catch his breath for like 10 minutes after he finally scored last night. I don't know if you saw that where yeah. Rick, Ricky was actually like fanning him with a towel because he he looked like a mess. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's that's he, scary shit, man. I mean, how how many months ago? It's been two months since yeah, he's it's been, been back. It was at the start of the season. So and, and you can see how his production has declined. But I, that is encouraging that, you know, like you said, he had the three triples, but he you could see physically he's a mess still which is just tells you how fucking weird covid is you just don't know what it what it's going to do to you it's 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 good that he's out there but he is a shell of his former self and i think his i think his ops is below 700 at this he's, point yeah i mean not to not to preview what's coming up later he's not on the team yeah, he's not going to make the all a hole team yeah which and is which it's is only hilarious. because of covid i would say yeah, i mean i, I, mean, I wouldn't because third base is certainly a wide open space for, for the all-able team. <laughs> yeah. We'll but get yeah, to that in a little bit. Yeah, but um, and, and then the other thing to take away from the series, and, um, you know, I think last night uh, captures it. You know, I'm excited Carlos Rodon's back too, okay? But Carlos Rodon's a starting pitcher. Uh, can, so, we make, so, can we make this a sexual harassment? Ozzy Dean on the line here on WSCR with Bob Brunley, Mike North, Fred Humner, Annie Mack. How you doing, Ozzy? Oh, shut the fuck up. That ball hit high and deep. Way back. Way back. And he's not quite out of here. Dad, get it. The mire to mediocrity. Tell me about when you were being interviewed for the potential White Sox manager's job. I was drunk. you got to be bleeping. You want to, what does everyone know? If you're a starting pitcher coming out of the bullpen, you want to start with a clean inning. Yeah. You have Aaron Bummer, one yeah. of the best holds guys in baseball sitting there just recently returned. I don't know if Pete Venieri was manager of the White Sox. <laughs> he would have, he would have, I would have went to any pure reliever other than Carlos Rodon in that situation. Just yeah. like I wouldn't use, have used, Gio Gonzalez in any key situation. Yeah, the night before. Uh, the night before. So, you know, two of those losses could very well be uh, given to Rick Renteria. Um, well, you literally couldn't draw up a worst case scenario to to bring in Carlos Rodon. Like, I mean, there were two outs at least, but, you know, bases loaded, the highest leverage situation there is. They're the top of the, the core of their batting order is coming up yeah he I hadn't mean, pitched since august 3rd this is his first first outing he hasn't pitched in relief since 2015 exactly so he is it's, not it's, he is not prepared for that in any situation in any way no and bummer would have been you know a, a better one still a little a little questionable just because he's coming off the il but certainly true. light light years better than bringing in rodan in that position yes I don't know if you heard Renteria's explanation or his I thought process. I, I did not, but please do share. It should be good. I finally heard it. He didn't, the whole thing came down to not wanting to bring Bummer in for an inning plus. If he brought him, because so his thought process is like, well, I don't want to make him get one out, sit him, and then bring him in for the sec the next day. He, he doesn't have to, though. If you close an inning, you don't have to come back. Uh, no, but that's, but he needed him. He was going to bring him in for the next inning, no matter what he wanted him to pitch that inning. So, so he's thinking literally he's, his, his logic is backwards. He, yes. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta 
get out to even need to use yeah. him to begin with. It reminds me of like Dusty the Baker. Du- I was gonna say it's Dusty Baker logic. Yeah, or Lou Pinella's in the playoffs. Well, I was uh, the... saving them for the game we will yeah. need to play. Literally, that thought process put, like I said, put Rodon in the worst case scenario, the worst position, and that that's the opposite of what a manager's job is. He's supposed to put his players in the in a position to succeed. He did everything but that. And, and to be honest, his logic is terrible. Again yeah, it's bad. Because that's even that's even scarier. You you should have you should have transposed that. Yeah, Bummer's the guy who's used to coming in with the bases loaded situation. Rodon is used to already being in the inning and maybe pitching out of a bases loaded situation. Right. You had two different scenarios and two different mental mindsets. And, and, and historically, Rodon, he doesn't always get off to the best start in a game. So you're putting him even in, in, in an even worse position. He tends to get better later on in the game. Yeah. So, like, it was a no-win situation. If he had gotten out of it, I would still be criticizing the choice yeah. today, but said it worked out for us. Well, it was but, an obvious first-guess situation because I was I was texting you as he was giving up the home run. Like, what what is you know certainly tough spot for Rodon. Like, what what the fuck? Yeah, you you you, you gotta you you know as much as as, I the base as or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, as much as you know you're 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 saying i'm confident i'm putting my confidence behind you you also got to set up your players and put them in a position to to win yeah that and was actually part of the, that. that was part of the post game show i don't know if you saw that where no, <laughs> frank I, thomas was livid uh chuck garfine was perplexed and i think ozzy guillen was giddy because i think he wants he wants the white Sox managing job back yeah, and the, the dumber that Renteria looks, the better the better chances that Ozzy could step back into that because he, I think he's the one that said it's like your job as a manager is to put people in in a position to make them succeed, and that he did not do that with Rodon. And you could say that the night you know the night before we touched on briefly with Gio Gonzalez coming in in the ninth inning trying to hold the game, and that's not a position where he's this, he's used yes, to or is effective. No. No, he's, I mean, like, let's, let's just, let's just call it what it is. We're in a short season. Yeah. But he's still managing, which I brought this up three weeks yeah. ago. He's oh, still yeah. managing. Like we're, we're coming out of a 162 game season. Now, granted after the first round of the playoffs, and this is, I'm going to touch on the playoffs for just a second. And then I will turn it over to you for the other disaster, <laughs> for the other yeah. uh, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald in Chicago. <laughs> but but like, uh, like outside of the first round, it's it, who fucking cares where you're seated, right? But it would be really nice right. to to have those three games at home, and you know, you're you're the the Sox are gonna go anywhere from pretty much the as high as the second seed, or they could be as low as the seventh seed in the next three days. So like, and then when you go to the seventh seed, that means you're traveling, you're traveling and they would be traveling. Well, not very far because it'd probably be to Minnesota. So, um, at least Mm. they recently got their goat, but, um, you know, whatever I do, I, I, you know, and and right now they're hosting the Yankees, 
which is good and bad. I mean, now the last two days, all of a sudden, the you know Blue Jays have pasted the Yankees. So who, who right. knows what team you're going to get? So anyway, full that's of former it. lug nuts. What 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 we're, we'll get into in a minute a little bit more about the postseason and the upcoming Chicago series. But like that's 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 my take. You just you 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 are now playing you you know you're in the playoffs and you know it doesn't matter after the first round but you are playing to still be at home and you you think you'd want that so yeah absolutely let's fucking let's close out this fucking deal this weekend well on the on the bright side for you guys as we transition to some more sad talk for the cubs i say for the <laughs> for, for the white Sox, these are some of it's a little bit of luck here you know this recent slide is a little bit of bad luck a lot of poor managing, which are things that can easily change. Um, I, I, you're not playing, you know, your offense is there. I think your starting pitching is fine. Your bullpen's been a little suspect, but they've been put in bad situations. So I don't think you're in the yeah, tailspin. I think, the, I think the usage of the people out of the bullpen is what's, exactly. what's put these the are bullpen all, in bad situations. These are all easily correctable. And the issue on the other side of town is not so easily correctable. The Cubs tailspin continues uh despite a four game a four game bit of optimism uh that i i took away last week uh when we were declaring chicago the capital of baseball and i was no longer worried about the cubs offense because they had a couple offensive explosions <laughs> four games my god was is that ever a lesson to well, you were drinking last thursday so it's true uh, i had no. had two and a half surly furious Furious Eye, Fury Eye by then. Um, yes. Yeah, it may have been the alcohol talking, the hubris. Uh, <laughs> holy fuck. I mean, does baseball slap you into reality quickly? Um, the baseball gods. The Cubs, I, I'm not sure if they've scored five runs since we last talked. I know Chicago in general is three and 14 since our last episode. Cubs have been two and five. You guys are one and six. Or, yeah, three and eleven or three and fourteen, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's been a disaster of epic proportions. I mean, it's understandable losing a couple games here and there, but to go into Pittsburgh and not take at least three out of four, if not sweep, you know, they could easily be the worst team in baseball, and they're basically. I made fun of them earlier in the season that they were barely even a Triple A team. The lineups they put out there, and they kicked the Cubs' ass in Pittsburgh this week, and it was ridiculous. Uh, again, it's it's the offense. It, there is zero offensive production, and it feels like it's getting worse. Um, this isn't a managerial issue. This isn't a strategy issue. This is. This is a chronic issue that has plagued this team for three years now. Uh, down the stretch, no matter what what the weather is, what time of year it is, how many games you played, you know, we're at the end of the season this year, but we're not the, at the end of a long 162 game season. We're seeing the same shit every fucking year. The offense just evaporates. There's nothing happening right now, and that that is. I don't know how you make an easy fix out of any of that. I mean, how do you, how do you get eight batters to finally pull their heads out of their asses and actually get some production? I, I, I don't, I don't, it's, it's hard to see how the, how a team that's averaged 220 over the entire season now 
is going to suddenly figure it out, hopefully, hopefully tonight and this weekend, but uh, into the playoffs. I mean, starting pitching has been okay. I don't have too many complaints about that. The bullpen's actually been, if you dig into the numbers, the bullpen's been one of the best in baseball over the last month or so. Um, Craig Kimbrell is surprisingly right at the ship. If you look at his last, I believe it's his last 14 starts or 14 appearances, he's got a like a 1-6 ERA and blow, blow one whip. Uh, like maybe it's, I think it's 11, 11 and a third innings. He's got uh, 24 strikeouts and like four or five walks. He's been tremendous. Um, he just doesn't get in the game very much recently because they can't get a lead. Um, uh, Jeremy Jeffress has been fantastic. Similar numbers. I so cannot, if, if, and I cannot figure that one out. Well, if because can, when, I, when I, every time I watch him pitch, I know he how he gets guys to swing, and it was the same thing in the Sox series yeah. and the, the game they won. Like if Mancata just didn't swing, if you get him to throw six pitches, four of them are balls. Mm. But his stuff just must look good coming out. I of think his it hand. looks good. Yeah, tunneling. Yeah, it, it's amazing to me. Like every time I watch him, I'm like, oh shit! And then I'm just like, wow, he just gets it done. The cool kids call it tunneling, where a pitch that looks like a strike is way out of the zone by the time it gets to the plate. So I don't know. Uh, that, all that, right. That, I guess that could that could be part of it, but whatever the numbers are bearing that out. But it doesn't fucking matter if they can't score a run to get a lead to begin with. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. How, I, I guess we can transition right into our uh, crosstown series number two preview. I, I don't. It, it's it's so bizarre because we we saw this on the calendar as soon as the as soon as the uh, the schedule was released. Yeah. Like holy shit, you know we're going to be battling for a playoff spot. This could mean you know maybe a division title. Like who knows? This is like it's well, the similar. Division, the division title for the for the Sox is still in play. The it Cubs is. would have to get swept by the Sox, and one of those other guys would have to win out, which I don't see happening. Well, so. it's <laughs> but it's still all possible. I could see if somehow the Cardinals playing all these double headers is going to fuck the Cubs somehow. That, that's the yeah. scenario I'm more worried about, but it's just, it's just bizarre that, you know, we, we are so excited about this series and you know, from day one. Seating. Well, and, then, and now it's so weird. We come, both teams come in at such a, and such a downer. It's just got a diff, such a different feel than I could have ever anticipated, even though we're both in the playoffs, you know, locked in. Yeah. You know, Cause we like, both feel like we're done in the first round with the way they're playing right now. Right. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I, I definitely feel that for the Cubs. I don't think you should feel that way for the, for the White Sox, just for the reason I pointed out that you have correctable, correctable yeah, fit I, issues yeah. the Cubs right now, but who knows as soon as I declare these things, the opposite happens every time. So well, here, here's my, here's my question with the way the Cubs. So, so, Darvish is Darvish and Cease tonight, a rematch yep. of what was a great pitching matchup. Yeah. And Cease will probably with, with the way the Cubs have been hitting is going to look a lot better than he's looked in the last couple series, just yeah. because the, the Cubs are, are not, they're not hitting well right now. So I would he'll be a little more, more glorified. I mean, I think you still have to give the advantage to the Cubs tonight because of Darvish. I would say that that's exactly what I was going to say, except when you hear that, Darvish may only pitch five innings because of most. game two of the round one. Yeah. Because of the playoffs coming up. So that's, that's a mitigating factor that I hadn't considered in this series is that you're, the managers are kind of managing for the playoffs as well. It's beyond 
beyond um, seeding, just actual rotation rest for the playoffs. So I don't know what that means. You know, maybe maybe the maybe you shoving up their ass for five innings and then he has to pull them. Or, you know, who knows? Actually, you has been kind of on a downturn the last last few outings. He was a front runner, I thought, and I've said many times for the Cy Young, and he is he's dropped out of that race, which is crazy because now I think it's gonna be Trevor Bauer. Oh, I think he's our our nemesis. nemesis. Yeah, he's got it locked in. (laughs) Actually, actually, the more I hear him talk, I I like him. I just he may have he may may, allegedly may or may not have shut down our YouTube channel. That's that's why I have a bone to pick with him. But who knows? Maybe maybe he's just a cool dude that we misunderstood. But uh, so yeah, I I have no feeling for this game tonight. My whole (laughs) I feel like my my entire prediction. Uh, confidence is shaken after after declaring Chicago the capital of baseball one yeah, week ago. Yeah, I blame you for all this. <laughs> I made the graphic. I made the headlines. I it's 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 bad. So I don't know how to predict this one. It, it's the I guess um, you've got the huge advantage on offense. I mean, because your offense isn't sputtering the way the Cubs is. So if yeah. if you can shut them down, I I believe you know. Like I said, hopefully the Cubs bullpen can continue as they had been which had been a weak spot starting the season has been strong recently so i don't know i gotta say i mean this is the cubs cubs best chance to win a game in the series you'd think would be with you on the mound but hard to say yeah i mean um i guess i guess the the Sox did one thing um really good to all the Cleveland starters is they were patient. Yeah. And, you know, like, um, um, the, you know, they had, they had Cleveland starters at 98 pitches in the fifth inning. So I guess if you can at least be patient with you, maybe you don't get to them, but if you're patient and there may be a short leash on them, cause he would be slated to start game two of round one of the playoffs that, um, you know, you can get him out of the game early and the Sox probably wouldn't see the best of the Cubs rotation until the seventh or even eighth inning of the reliever. Sorry. Oh, the, the seventh or the, the bullpen, uh, the seventh or eighth inning. Yeah. Uh, there's some sketchy guys who, who usually come in in the earlier parts of the game. So um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I just don't know. And the other, the other, um, you know, going to game two. Yeah. Lester versus Dunning. And and Dunning's been, been pretty sharp. He got some bad calls um, the other night uh, behind the plate. But other than that, he's, he's been really sharp. He's get, he's getting guys to swing at his stuff. And um I wonder what Lester's position is because right now Lester's not going to even excuse me. What's wrong, guys? Oh, okay, okay. Do you need to take a break? Okay, stop. Hey, e-learning. The they go back to school next week, so that that's good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good night, Daddy. Hey. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> So technical Dane, difficulties, yeah, as, as usual. Uh, Ted, Dane, you know, and Le- I found it interesting that Lester was starting game two of this series because of he has such a great playoff record. And I know he's not totally the pitcher 
he used to be, but he's been pitching really well as of late. So you would have thought that, I mean, you don't, I guess you can't completely skip on the series unless you win game one. Right. Does he really pitch tomorrow? Well, they haven't. Because they announced him as the pitcher tomorrow and they haven't announced the pitcher for the final game. Exactly. So if the Cubs were to win tonight, do you just say, all right, we're not even going to bother to pitch Lester tomorrow because now, because. Yeah, I guess there's nothing set. I don't know. It's like such a catch point too. There, I mean, you can you can pull a guy up to an hour. I think it's an hour before the game, right, or right. if you got injured, you could pull him right before the start. But, um, like, I just was like, the Sox did the Sox did the playoff pitching setup really well. Yeah, because you won't. There's no Jolito, no uh, no um, uh, Keiko in the series. But like, I'm just. Like I would want, I think I'd want Lester to be in one of the first two games. Well, yeah. but I guess, I guess you, I guess you default to Hendricks as the opening day, as the game one starter, which is not the worst thing in the world either. Although he looked a little shaky the other day. So yeah, I, I think, don't, I, I, I think don't know. probably what I he's thinking is you've got Hendricks, then Darvish for the first two games. And then the third, yeah. if you need the third game, then you throw everybody, you know, that that's just what it, you know, you, you put yeah. in, you put in Lester for two innings or, you know, whatever you have to do at that point. I think that might be the thought process there. Um, but yeah, like you said, we can't really project game three because we don't even know who's going to be starting. It's, I, I just know, I know Ronaldo Lopez is starting. I mean, that's yeah. because the, the socks are, are fine with like, and that's the weirdest thing too. Like, I know Ronaldo Lopez is starting game five, but I almost wanted him to start today because out of, like if the Sox do go to a game three, I mean, him and Dunning have both been better than Cease down the stretch. Right. But Cease would, could or would, I mean, there's a day off in between. It, so yeah. It could be whatever. That but, might also have to do with matchups, hopefully. Yeah. Like, so hopefully your manager would be looking at matchups, but we're not so sure about that. Yeah. So anyway, as the way the series plays out, I could see the Sox taking two out of three. I don't know what that does. Yeah. I um, mean, you can't, we have no idea what that could mean for the playoffs. Like, like everything hinges on who wins tonight, basically. Like what, you know, if that pushes the Cubs to clinching the division, then, or, you know, I don't think they could clinch the division. Cause I think the, the measure number is still three, but there's so many scenarios that that are going to play out over the next three days. It's just it's hard to hard to anticipate how they affect each game going forward. But. And and it is. I mean the the Twins got the Reds, so that's the Reds have been obviously playing pretty decent baseball. Yeah, been and great. Are, and are trying, and they're they're in the playoffs right now. So yeah, not necessarily going to be an easy an easy uh, an easy you know like a walk in the park i mean the funniest thing would be if cleveland ends up winning the division yeah so yeah, yeah. look at look back at this past series with much more even more anger than you do right now yeah so but well, like yeah I, 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 I mean i don't know i i i, I could see the Sox taking uh, two out of three but I don't know. I guess you're I'd right. Be, fuck, I'd be happy with that if the Cubs can win one game. I, I'm, I'd, I'd be ecstatic at this point. So yeah, let's let's go with Cubs taking or Cubs taking one out of three. Sox yeah. taking two. 
All right, there we go. There's our official a-hole predictions, which is 100% wrong. Yes, and like the enthusiasm behind this series, you can tell it's just so great for Ryan and I. Smitty and I are just... <laughs> I'm excited. It's just fucked up. I'm just not... Yeah. I wasn't prepared for this scenario. It's just weird. More more nervous than anything. But All right, how about some Tigers talk? Yeah, I want to jump into... I mean, where everything is kind of a sad note <laughs> So far this show, I got another sad note for the Tigers this week. Out of the blue, Ron Gardenhire retired. Uh, the manager, the beloved manager of the Tigers, just you know, shocking to everybody. He just retired. He could not uh, even play out the this last week of the season. He had to retire last you know this week. Um, there are some health issues involved, which is really scary. Um, he is a 62-year-old cancer survivor, and we are now going through a fucking pandemic, which I'm sure has something to do with it. But he cited a food poisoning issue that he got in, in a road trip to Minnesota recently. Sounds about right. Yeah, um, which that's, that's something he hasn't been able to recover from, and it's to the point where he cannot manage the team anymore. He had to quit baseball, which is... Just, just awful. It's just a you know a terrible way for you know a sixteen year career as a manager between the the Twins and the Tigers, um, twelve hundred wins. You know, a generally beloved guy. The the Tigers players like made a made a joint video they post on social media where just everyone was so effusive in their praise and their their pure love for the guy. They loved him, um, and just feel bad that he has to go this way. Uh, so it just makes me makes me really nervous about his health. Um, you know, everything is everything is happening in the world to, to see something that that dramatic happen. Yeah, if he was able to play out this this last week of the season, then then say he was retiring, it, it would be far less shocking. But the way it had to had to go down this week is just tough. You know, Gardy, um, I don't. When he was with the Twins, the Twins were kicking the shit out of the AL Central seemed like every year. So I, I had no love for the guy. I didn't know much about him, actually. He's kind of a quiet, quiet, dour guy. Um, when garden he got, gnome. Yeah, the garden gnome. Um, when he got with the Tigers, I didn't think much of it, you know, because this was back when the Tigers were f first embracing analytics about 20 years after every other team had already embraced analytics. Um they hired Garden only, hired. only three years after the Sox had embraced it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we're a little bit late to the game on this, folks. But um, you know, and Garden Hire had to come out and say, oh, "I've never been an analytics guy, but I'm going to try to learn." So it's just like, oh my god, we were just taking further steps back. But you know, the Tigers weren't weren't going to be competitive in those years, regardless. So I, it wasn't that big a deal. But the, the cool thing about it was I got to you get to know him a little bit more, and he is still a quiet, kind of dour, dry sense of humor guy. But he's fucking hilarious when when you when you actually get deeper into his comments. Um, the real sarcastic dude it reminds me in some ways of Jim Leland, just kind of the old school, dour, you know, kind of quiet, just just kind of a badass in a way. But he's much funnier than 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 um, Jim Leland, but. So I don't know. You could just with the effusive praise and the the overflowing love that you saw from his players, you you just feel bad for him. You're kind of worried about him. So 
Good luck to you, Guardy. I hope I hope you're doing all right. Uh, thank you for your time here with the with the Tigers. You know, it was not a competitive time, but you know, from everything that that we've heard internally and from what everyone says, you you've done a great job with what you had to work with. So, who do you who do you think's on the short list for managerial? Candidates? I'm gonna. I think that's a perfect subject for next week or after the playoffs. I'm gonna I'm gonna delve deep into that. We'll, we'll we'll get into that right now. Lloyd McClendon has taken over. Yes, I saw that. I think he's probably managed like 15 teams over the years at different times as an interim manager. I don't think he's for whatever reason the the candidate that's gonna it's gonna prevail as the permanent manager because he doesn't seem to be able to hold down that job anywhere. So I'll get into that at some point this this off season. I think. All right. Uh, so. <clears throat> Moving on to, I'm, I'm I'm trying to will them into the playoffs. I got yeah, my always October Giants hoodie on. Um, it's been a while. Um, so <laughs> the Giants are holding the last playoff position at a 500 record in a game they gave away. They had the bases loaded in the top of the tenth yesterday, with. Um, I think it was no outs or one out and they couldn't get one out and they couldn't get a scraper run across and lost five, four to the Rockies, which now, you know, have them clinging on to that last spot. They get to play. I believe I'm correct in this. They get to play the Dodgers. Oh no, they got to play the Padres. So to get in, they got to beat the Padres probably twice, which is a tall order or, they beat them once and everyone behind them loses, whatever, because yeah. that could happen too. Because the eight, we all know the NL is not the sharpest division yeah. running out there, sharp, sharpest league running out there. Yeah, five hundred can get you into the playoffs. There's, then, there's some issues. Yeah, but then to follow up the um, the task of playing the Padres, they draw the Dodgers for the first round because they're the last seed. So, is, so is that is that set in stone? They can only get the eighth seed if they do make it, or can they move uh, up? They could probably move up, uh, but they they're to... only they're like a game or two behind. I had that okay. up, but then I they need some off, help. They need some help. So yeah, Damn. so most, drawing so the most, Dodgers is just fucking brutal. Yeah, I mean, they, and they've played the Dodgers tough at times this year, but you know, playoffs is a whole nother scenario. I think they, you'd be you'd be happy going into the season if I told you they were going to make the playoffs at least, even if it was a first round exit, oh, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah no, I figured no, you would. Uh, I know, so that's why I'm, I'm I'm trying to get us get us to three teams in the playoffs. So like, I think that's a probably a first, right? Yeah, I'd say so. And since 2010, yeah, I can't yeah. I can't think of a time where they all three made it. So yeah, so there you go. So good times uh, for MLA, which brings us to yeah, let's. This is gonna be a fun one after all this down this depressing shit let's let's try a new thing this year we're going to have our all a-holes team where we pick the best player at each position from the four teams that we cover um i think we just start around the horse so just start at first base well i it, mean it's the that... biggest slam dunk of all of them i think jose abreu who what i have espoused I... to be the at the al mvp um and if he does not win the al mvp there is a there's a big fucking problem <laughs> I would um, guess Angel Hernandez is involved in the voting then. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into him later, but I don't think you're going to argue with me of uh, nominating. Uh, we are a hundred percent in agreement on that. I have him as the all a hole first baseman. So all there right. you go. 
well, let's we can move on then. Yes. Um, I think second base is going to be an interesting conversation because there isn't a ton of production there, but I'd say it's kind of a no-brainer in my mind that Jonathan Scope from the Tigers would have to be the second baseman for the All-A-Hill team. I don't know if you had anyone else to nominate. Uh, I have uh, Donovan Solano from uh, the Giants, who actually has a 1.4 wins above replacement to Jonathan Scope's 1.0, who I originally had as the second baseman, but he's also injured. Yeah, and so I uh, I saw I that went... same that same war stat, but then I went to the other. It was either Fangraphs or Baseball Reference, and they had him switched, so you could go either way on their war actually. And then even after that, you might go Brandon Crawford. Uh, I considered him a shortstop, actually. But yeah, you could maybe slide him over, but I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you were really digging even deeper in the stats, I mean, he hasn't played enough games to qualify, but but yeah, Nikki Nikki two strike. I mean, well, the that's the other a, thing. There's he has since a three. Been- 340 batting average with two strikes has only struck out seven times this yeah. entire season. So if but, he wasn't gone for most of the season, if Madrigal yeah. wasn't out this whole time, yeah. I think he, he would easily get it. But I think I think for overall production throughout the season and not being hurt at this point, I think we got to give it to Scope. Plus, there's probably not going to be many Tigers on this on this team, so got to have some representation. I have two tigers on my wow team. well i have two too but we, i thought we might be able to debate one of them off but can we agree on jonathan scope or you're gonna die uh, on the hill for somebody else i mean i'm not gonna die on the hill like i said scope was my original thought and then i looked at the numbers and it's close yeah so whatever <laughs> well let's move over to shortstop which i think is another slam dunk um, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Tim Anderson. Yeah, he's shortstop. he's actually a dark horse AL MVP candidate. I think. I think it's obvious that I'm yeah. get it. But I've heard his heard Anderson's name also brought up. Uh, just the, the. I mean, it's such a spark plug for your offense in so many ways. Um, I yeah. I, there's no shortstop in in our a hole realm that comes close to him. Maybe Crawford, but not this year. Um, you got the bat. Probably two years in a row batting champ um maybe we'll see is it close i haven't looked i haven't looked yeah they both they both fell off simultaneously but we'll see what happens in this last series so well that's another slam dunk you want to move to third base which is well i think it's a slam dunk for the city of detroit (laughs) high mirror condelaria the only thing that's weird about that and i didn't know if you would i I was going to nominate him as well is he he started out at third base but he's played most of the year at first but that's all that's only because cj crone got hurt so yeah i mean i think for this team we would assemble him as the starting third baseman based on the other third basemen's predictions. Well, and if you said that starting the season, you know, we should do this preseason and then postseason next <laughs> well, year. I think I think if you you and I would have had an argument over, over Bryant and yeah and and Mankata, which we kind of have had that discussion. And then yeah. I think I think at the beginning though, we we had given uh when we did the defensive thing, you know, we have given Mankata the nod over Bryant, which he's been fine defensively pretty 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 well yeah. but but he was also hitting better at the time too and you know I mean, he's had so many ups and downs with extra days off and all this yeah so this well, COVID thing's been tough but candelaria has been a really nice story for the for the Gale player of the week last week or two weeks yeah. ago 
Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. Like I did just like we were saying, I had no idea he would emerge as you know one of the Tigers' best players, and I think he's the best third baseman in the A whole league. So it's kind of amazing. Um, you know, with Bryant, I, Bryant inexplicable Bryant. I mean, that comes down to injuries partially, but you know he's been in and out of the lineup and has not produced at any point for whatever reason. He is out yeah. bleak right now. Um, just a horrendous season and it's it's been a horrendous well the narrative is that he's been on the decline since 2016 but he actually had a a 900 ops last season so yeah which got him to the leadoff spot i mean that was a discussion he was he's a guy who got on base the most last season for the cubs yeah so it's hard to say he's had a precipitous decline over years but this year has certainly been been <laughs> subpar to say the least. Hopefully that is due to injuries, but that then then it goes back. Or even to, if it he's is always injured, yeah, I mean, he's right. I mean, got something whether whether it's public knowledge or not, um, there's something always nagging at him, and that's 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 scary going forward. Um, but yeah, I think we can chalk up uh, Mancada's struggles to COVID directly to COVID, nothing else. Um, Otherwise, I think we're going to see a, a a passing of the torch for third base prowess directly to Yoman Yoan Mankata in this city. Yeah, we'll see. You want to move on to catcher? Well, this this this, this is a tricky catcher, one. This is a mind catcher, bender. This catcher to me, I mean, it goes via Detroit to Chicago, and you got to go with McCannon. Yeah, I think so. I was he, not only does he call a good game, he frames well. He's better defensively than Grandal, and he's come up with really big hits all season long. Yeah. He's just solid. Yeah, and it's the weird. Socks would be, the Sox would be foolish. You're obviously going to let Encarnacion just walk, especially with the way his fucking season has been. Yeah. And they'd be foolish not to just say to Grandal, you know, you're basically going to be our DH yep. and be the backup catcher and sign McCann. Yeah, it's it's funny when I went into this. Um, I didn't. I was, you know, first looking at Contreras and and Grandal, and you're like, because you think of those as the start. Well, they're not. not no, brave, I know it's not, not, not horrendous. Like, they, actually, they actually have really. I think Contreras does too. They have and they're very high on base percentages because they have a. Yeah, well, I mean, Grandel's is like three seventy one because he has a yeah. very good knowledge of the strike zone. But well, that's that's a lot of what you could you're asking for out of your out of your catcher spot, but just to see what I consider your backup catcher actually be the best catcher in across the a-holes. Um, I, it, it just didn't really dawn on me, but of course, but McCann's been, been solid since he's been a white sock. I mean, it's, it's kind of, kind of crazy how, how good he's been compared to what he was as a tiger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Brian McCann gets our, gets our catcher nomination. All right. Now we probably get some arguments. Yeah, where are we going from here? Where do you want to go? You want to go left or right first? Well, let's go to left field. I think I think that's a that's another easy one, actually. Well, yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, how is it not Elo Jimenez with a <sighs> offensive production? I know offensive production. I I don't know. I think it's a. I mean, I think it's a bit of a coin flip because I don't think you'd be wrong in saying Ian Happ as your starting left fielder either. Oh, okay. I was going to make him our uh, center field nomination, but. Uh, so, well, I'm leaving Robert despite 
his well, offensive decline at center field. Well, let, let, let's go back. Let's let's solidify what we're talking about with the left field then. Um, so we're talking a nominal war difference. I mean, really, twenty one to one. Well, well, hold on. But I think Schwarber is really their left fielder. I mean that that. So I. He, I mean, right, he's played I guess, the well, I guess you got to give it to Eli. Then. That's why I'm giving it yeah. to Eli because I don't think it's even yeah. close at that point. So yeah, all right. I mean, Done. both both subpar defensively. I actually, I actually think Schwarber is better better defensively. Whatever. Well, that he means. sure looked it this week. Yeah, um, yeah, whatever. But uh, I, Eli I mean, gets made, it. made some made some. Uh, Made some Schwarber classic plays this week. Well, that was an that was an effort issue more than anything, but that was taken care of quickly. But regardless, Eloy, I mean, you can take your victory lap now. Eloy gets the spot. So you want to move to center field? Yeah. This is where it's interesting because it seemed like a no brainer that El or La Pantera, uh, Louis Roberts, was going to run away with the center field spot, but his he's got a precipitous decline. Um, in the past month and it's it's kind of kind of disturbing it's they were talking about it a little bit last night on the broadcast where it, this is really the first time he's faced adversity in his entire career because he's just kicked the shit out of pitchers and every level until until this month yeah so you, you wonder you know he hasn't had to make those adjustments in the past and how how he does at this point and gets figures out how to get out of it yeah, I mean, he is interesting thing. He's taken way more walks this month because they've decided, you know, they were they were trying to throw first pitch fastballs by him, which was a huge fucking mistake in in August. Yeah. Um, they've since moved over to the slider, which always makes me think of Major League and Joe Boo, but um, uh, but he has he has been more patient at the plate. Um, so he's taken way more walks this month. My concern is like, he hasn't quite figured out that right in between because he's also taking some good pitches right now. So, yeah. which is, which is, which is where he's struggling. I guess I would give this a coin flip then too, based on that since we're moving Ian Happ to pure center. I mean, the wars marginal Lewis Roberts still holds a 1.3 wins above replacement over a 1.0 Ian Happ. But... Well, he's definitely a better, a better center fielder, you know, better defensively. I don't, I mean, I don't think Ian Happ is a butcher by any means, but no, I mean, he's not. You're, you're also talking about the best center fielder. I think one of the best in baseball with Louis Roberts. So that that's, you definitely win defensively. I think the separator for me is OPS, which is kind of shocking because Ian Happ is almost 100 points better in OPS than than Louis Robert, which I did not think was going to be the case. It was kind of eye-popping when I saw that. So that, that's why I'm going to give center field to Ian Happ. You know, I'm okay with that. All right. Nice. Cool. Yeah, because, cool. I, I mean, we've all watched the last month. I'd be, I'd be ignorant if I pretended, oh, so – all right, I appreciate this is, that. This is going to be an interesting discussion. I think this is a this is another no brainer, right field. Um, well, not a no brainer, not a no brainer, but I think you might be surprised by my nomination. Are go you ahead. Gonna go, wanna, are you going to go? Are you going to go with Mike Yastrzemski? I am going with Yaz. Yaz is on the team. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we need some Giants representation, <laughs> but um, well, I mean, I think Donovan got 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 kind of railroaded out of that second. <laughs> I did railroad but, him out, but you know, whatever. I I mean, just 
I, you could make an argument for Jason Hayward, the resurgent Jason Hayward, who's having his best season as a Cub, but I don't think it's nearly to the level of one Mike Yaz Yastrzemski. I think, I think you've got to give him the nod with all the offensive numbers. Defensively, again, you, you can't argue that. I mean, I, I actually, I don't know much about Yaz's defensive prowess, but I do know that Hayward is considered the best right fielder in the game, and you see it game in and game out, and you understand why. So you could make an argument one way or the other there, but I think offensively it's, I'm, I'm giving it to Yaz. Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, do you want to talk about DH? Um, uh, since we do have a universal DH this year, maybe this is where we can drop in somebody that we didn't, we didn't get to have in our position player. I mean, roster. I wrote, a, I did write a couple potential bench players down. Yeah. Let's, let's do that then. I, I mean, mean who, Brandon belt was, one person and Jason Hayward was another person I both had yeah. on the bench. I haven't compared their war. Um, I'm, I'm, I did see Brandon Belts near the, you know, surprisingly up there. Um, does he, does he play DH at all? You know, I haven't, yeah, he does, I believe, from time I, to time, but because they uh, substitute him, I forget. This who. is so nebulous because we could compare like any player on all yeah, four rosters. Right, so. right, right. You can, you can, you can, you could say Lewis Roberts, your DH, yeah. or your, one of your bench guys. He probably would be a bench guy if he's not starting in center yeah. field. But boy, that's, you know what? That's probably the best if we give, give La Pantera the DH, which is strange, strange to say since he's so good defensively. <laughs> Or do you, um, or do you put Eloy at DH and then put Pantera in left? Or, uh, you no, know, you move. Hap, that's exactly where you'd move. There you'd you go. Move. See, all the problems are solved. There we go. We just solved our own. Why, why aren't we managing these teams? We I have know. This, we but have this all figured out. We can't combine this team together because we'd probably <laughs> be better than the Dodgers right now. <laughs> I would hope so. If you especially, when we, especially when we look at the starting picking staff we're going to assemble right now soon. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's delve into the rotation if you'd like. Um, I think, I mean, should we should we rank them? I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you got to give you the number one spot. Yeah, the number one starter for his performance over the last year and a half. Um, yeah, not so much his last couple starts, but not that he's been horrendous, but he just hasn't been the same dominant you that we've seen. And um, he, he's got to be our number one starter. Um, I think Keiko holds the number two spot. I was going to ask you what if you wanted Keiko or Giolito at number two, because I don't think Hendricks or Lester can take that from either of your guys. Um, no, Keiko at number two. I would go with Keiko number two. I think Keiko is. Uh, I'll be honest, like he's outdone what I thought he'd do. Well, and he came back and from that, that injury that I was he, a little worried about. You know, kind of the nebulous I, he back was, spasms. He was, he was dominating that game, mm -hmm. and you know they had him on that tight pitch count. I mean, he yeah. was on. He was going to strike out like fourteen guys in that game. Yeah, he he looks like he can do what he whatever he wants on the mound right now. Which yeah, is a really he's, good for you he's, guys. He's even better than I thought he was going to be. So I would I would move I would keep Keuchel at two. I think at three you. What do we do I, here? Is it Giolito? Is it Hendricks? I mean, you know, you know what? I would go. This is the only reason I would go Giolito if this was the real rotation because you're mixing up the style of pitcher. Mm, I like this. This is you this go is back, a much deeper conversation. I thought we we're going to get into. You, I, I like you this. go back to like a power pitcher, right? Okay. After coming off of yeah. the, the crafty lefty, and then after they just got then you put Hendricks four. 
you put Hendricks four, and then you probably go to the Detroit Tigers wow. and use Spencer Turnbull as your fifth starter. I like it. I can't. I can't argue with any of that. I think this is brilliant. <laughs> why? Why? This is, this is. We've come so far in our approach to how we, how we attack things because we're rarely do we ever agree this much on some a discussion like this. Yeah. But, uh, maybe it comes with age. Yeah. We're <laughs> we so much. It's the beard for me. Well, we weren't mature into our. We got into our late forties. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's our late forties. I mean, that rotation would. Oh. Well, <laughs> good lord! I hope you could create a, a masterful rotation out of four fucking major league teams. Somehow, <laughs> you would <so>. think, <laughs> and, then, and then you know, runner up to a starting position. If you needed a fifth guy, two or six guys would be. You know, I like I like Dane Dunning. I like. Um, um, I mean, you've uh, got you've got to throw Lester in the mix for his Le oh, yeah, Lester, Lester, and uh, I I can't. I, I scribbled it down. I, I always Not forget much in his the name. There is one. There's they have one Brights. Oh, Go, uh, Kevin Gosman, Gosman has done like yeah. a pretty nice job this year. But I don't. I could see him guy. as a long long middle reliever. Yeah. there for him or something. But yeah. So who do we gotta, who do we declare as closer? I guess that would be the last last. I mean, I, I think you got to go Colome. Yeah. His, his ERA is below. It's like point zero eight three, and he's converted everything except one closing opportunity. Yeah. Definitely he's an first. interesting he's an interesting closer because he's a little more finesse than power and he's and a lot of people are kind of worried about him going into this season because you can see is the the kind of the numbers that don't jump out to you but the real underlying numbers were suggesting that he might have a, a regression this year he has not done that so the, no. i think the underlying numbers might be saying the same thing this year but he's still getting the job done so that, i mean the, that's, that's all that matters is the fucking closer just get the yeah. job whatever it is yeah, and the question is, did he really have a back problem when he only pitched six pitches in Cleveland, or did they just say that to not get the the heat because he looked fine the next night? But yeah. hey, whatever. That's another managerial faux pas from that conversation. But uh, all oh, right, yeah, should, so we pick, should we pick the manager? <laughs> I didn't even think about this. Oh, we? <laughs> well, I don't even know. I mean, we've got our we've got our first year David Ross. I actually have no complaints. I mean, I would go the way Garden. I would go with. Guardy yeah, he doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to manage anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, I have no complaints about Rossi. I've got a lot of complaints, and I think you do too about Ricky Renteria. Um, I mean, I think Gabe Kapler's outperformed what he should have done yeah, he, over over in the Giants, but he's such I, a he's such I, a jackass. I mean, we, actually, we yeah, I know he is a jackass. I mean, we obviously take. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't want any of them to be honest. With you. I'm, I'm going to nominate Ross because I, I mean, he needs a much longer track record to to get behind. But I really haven't had any issues with how he's managed the team so far. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. You know, you just don't like Grandpa Rossi, so it's going to be hard hard for you to. Really... I don't want I don't want my team, you know, slapping dicks and stuff like that. And <laughs> I don't so... think they do that anymore. I think I think it's as as weird and inappropriate as it was as players to do that to your manager might be even stranger. But yeah, uh, you never know if they if they win a playoff round, we might see some dick slapping. <laughs> but... I'll take I'll take Sandy Elamar Jr. the next White Sox uh, manager. So. Wow! Wow! Well, I'm, I'm saying Ozzie Guillen. I think he's been angling for that for a long time. You know, Gardy gave him uh, his his vote of confidence uh, in an article like a week and a half ago. Ozzie? Yeah, he's like he's like this. It's it's a crime that Ozzie Guillen is not managing. Wow. 
Yeah, oh, he, in he, baseball, not not specifically the White Sox. No, but. just in baseball. Though. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it was, was great. It was a it was a great little like he's like he's he's so smart. Look what he did with that team. Yeah. He won a World Series for an organization that, that that had not won a World Series in a very long time. He's like. He's like, yeah, he made some mistakes along the way, but he shouldn't not. He should still be in baseball. Well, so. the the Castro comments in Miami couldn't have been worse. Uh, oh, I mean, in yeah. Miami, that, but that's Terrible. really the only the only thing you could say bad about. Yeah, but as the other than he's caustic, he, he burns bridges. Um, yeah, I mean, I think know. he. You know, you you wonder if he's learned or not, or is he like a Billy Martin type of figure where he'll come back and then go away again and come back? Who knows? But I'd love to see him come back because he is yeah, so I'd love fucking to see entertaining him. to me. He'd um, be great in any capacity. I mean, we would literally have to, if he wasn't on one of the four teams, we would have to follow that team yeah, to exactly. cover Ozzy once it was going to be adding a 15 to as this an honorary a hole <laughs> legend. Yeah. Oh, that, um, that, that would be fantastic. And uh, kudos to you, a little nod to Ryan Smith, who does all the graphics for us. The Aussie laying on the couch could not have been more perfect for this. <laughs> that, that, call, that, 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 that that summed the entire last four days of baseball up for sure. Well, I'm going to give Five, the- I'm going to give the kudos to Ozzy for doing that on live television. <laughs> lays down in the fetal position on the, the whatever baseball tonight couch, whatever it is yeah. in Chicago. Uh, he, he looked like how we all feel. So thanks, yeah. Ozzy. So, uh, speaking of, of the wait, what are we doing now? Are we doing shit you can't make up? I think we should jump into shit we couldn't make up. Shit we could make up. Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh? What have we got here? A fucking comedian <laughs> for a sturdy cemetery. Come on to the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. I'm going to lump, just so you know, I'm going to lump mine together because they're all like quick hitting little things. Cool. Okay. I'm going to lump three together and then do you want to go first then? Cause you have two. No. Okay. Go ahead. I can combine mine all right. too. Here's so it's part of this is going to be, this is the weirdness of the 2020 season on shit. We couldn't make up for the first time ever in major league baseball history. We may have eight players who eight stars who were going to bat below the Mendoza line. Wow, yeah. Those names include Evan White, Joey Gallo, Brian Reynolds, Kyle Schwarber, Max Muncy, Matt Olson, Carlos Santana, which is yeah, mind-blowing to me, and Javi Baez. Yeah. You've got eight players in the history of baseball. I mean, you got a shorter season, so there's probably a better chance that's going to happen because you don't, you don't have, you know, you don't get into that flow maybe, but... Um, that uh, that is, uh, I thought it was an interesting thing. And then you've heard a lot of people talk about that you with a such a short season, and you know if you start off slowly, it gets into your head immediately that you've got to pick it up immediately. Yeah, right. You don't have the six months to to wait it out. You have to yeah. get it done. You have to work your way out of it, and you just yeah, keep trying more, harder and harder. More, there's a lot more pressure. I mean, yeah. and we all know we know Javi needs the crowd. So Well, no, that's that's bullshit. We've talked about that many times, but I think I think the more the more realistic reason why you're seeing this across the league and not just with the Cubs is that that mitigating factor put too much pressure on yourself in a short season where that that clock is ticking in their heads. So that is um, shit you couldn't make up. The White Sox currently are the only team ever not to lose to a left-handed pitcher 
during the regular baseball season. They are 13-0 and 0 against left-handed starters. Yeah, if you, win, the, if you win on Saturday against Leicester, you'd be the first team in history yes. to, to win all left-handed matchups. Yes. Which, if that's kind of a... That's a negligible stat because there's never been such a short season like this. Yes, but. but it it is it is it is interesting. I I we'd have to look further, but you know this is just weirdness for 2020. And my last one, and we'll just keep it here. Um, if Tim Anderson wins the batting title, <sighs> it looks like DJ LeMahieu will come in second, which will be the first time ever that the batting title had the same first and second oh, wow. place players in the history of baseball. DJ LeMahieu must hate Tim Anderson for taking it away from him. Yeah, definitely, years. definitely. That That's why what would happen in a, in a White Sox-Yankees, the bad blood in the White Sox-Yankees first-round <laughs> matchup. Yeah, as I said, yeah, they could add to the first-round matchup if that happens. So that's some uh, shit you couldn't make up for this uh, 2020 season. Yeah, that'll be some. That'll be an added layer to keep watching during this last weekend to see how the, the batting title race plays out. Yes. Um, well, I've got some... Even you had your statistical anomalies. I've got some fan anomalies for my shit you couldn't make up this week. Uh, they actually kind of dovetail nicely together. The first one is we had, uh, two weeks ago, we had a drone delay in Wrigley Field that I spoke about. Oh, I know I know what you're going to say for this This one. week, we had a fan delay. In a, <laughs> I, I, I forgot about this. In a fanless season, we actually had a fan delay in Fenway Park during the Yankees-Red Sox game. A fan somehow broke into Fenway Park. Uh, not sure if they figured out or if they've released how he did it. They probably wouldn't release that information, but he, you could see him eventually climbing around on some scaffolding inside the stadium and then suddenly you could hear him clear as day uh, on the broadcast just shouting weird shit like boston loves new york and then he was like talking about some kind of medical thing i don't i don't know what it was he had Throwing like a, hats onto the field that's where it that's where it got really strange and they actually had to delay the game he started throwing hats onto the field he had like a collection of hats and i couldn't quite make out what they were he was actually throwing them on the field, and that's when the home plate umpire uh, said, fuck this, we got to get this guy out of here. <laughs> we got to stop the game. Um, did not anticipate that. The, the weird, you know, one weird thing to think about with that is, like, I'm not sure how, you know, with no fans present, I'm not sure how robust the, the any ballpark security staff would be right now because you don't have to worry about, you know, 30,000 people in your ballpark. If they have a full staff of security there to get that guy out, um, I don't know if what the protocols are even during COVID-19, you know, it's kind of scary to go up to some rando that just broke into your ballpark, you know, <laughs> who could or may not have COVID. Like, do you, do you like put a bag over his head before you, you apprehend him? Like, I, I don't know what, what the protocols there. So I think it was, they had a difficult time apprehending the guy. Uh, I didn't see how long the actual delay was, but I just thought that was right. fucking nuts. Yeah, I think the guy actually. The rumor is he had watched the town, and he originally came in dressed as a police officer. So it might make me want to watch the town again. Fantastic how could, movie. How could you not want to watch the town again? <laughs> you were so perplexed that I hadn't seen the town what, five years ago that I yeah. had to go buy it immediately, and I was rewarded with a fantastic film. So thank right. you, thank you again for that. The Anytime. town. Anytime. Go watch the fucking town. 
Uh, my other shit you couldn't make up is what I spotted yesterday on social media that involves a fan. Or maybe, he might not even be a fan. I have no idea what this dude's mental illness was. But it, up in Milwaukee, also known as Wrigleyville North at sometimes, <laughs> a security video caught a strange young man walking up to Miller Park at some point during the day. It was either yesterday or the day before. Um, he's carrying a basketball, of all things, kind of walking around outside of Miller Park. No, no game was going on. It was an empty park. Um, okay. He started throwing his ball at the outside windows of Miller Park. Um, I don't, it's hard to say if he was trying to break in with the basketball or break a window, but he wasn't able to. Uh, the different security footage was just sort of following him around. He eventually just went to the front doors, which just opened open for him. It's like they didn't even lock the doors. I don't. You could. It may have been edited where he was actually yanking on the doors or did something to break in. But it looked like he just walked in through the front fucking doors. Um, then he kind of was milling around the interior of the ballpark. You know, just sort of walking. Everything's locked up, so he wasn't going to break into a concession stand or you know, a souvenir stand to load up on some of that kick-ass new brewer's gear. But the, <laughs> the video continued. He actually, which is what I would do if I ever broke into a ballpark, would be go to go right onto the field and just check out what it would be like being on a major league ballpark and stand at home plate and stand in the pitcher's mouth. He still had his basketball with him and it was just sort of walking around, look kind of bored and confused, and then kind of wandered off into right field and he didn't see him for a bit. It's like, oh, maybe he just left and figured it out. And this is where the shit you couldn't make up really comes into, into the fore. Slowly, you see emerge from the right field corner a groundskeeper tractor. The dude <laughs> fired up the tractor and was driving it across, across the outfield. Eventually drove into the infield and put the, put the digger down and started carving up the infield. He carved up the the infield dirt. He got to home plate and was carving up home the home plate area. Carved up part of the pitcher's mound. Carved up some of the grass between pitchers and home home plate. Eventually, it ended up being they said forty thousand dollars worth of damage to the in, to the ground. Um, he it was apparently it was released that he was trying to trying to write his name in the field, like somehow oh, drive around and write his sense. name out. So I, I don't know I don't know what this dude's motivations were other than he's really bored in a very strange COVID world and just decided to walk over to Miller Park and fuck it up. But I mean I know that, it's been a disappointing season up there, but come on. Yeah. I somehow I don't think he's even a baseball fan because he looks probably not. confused and just like to cause mayhem. But that was that was shit I could never make up in my mind. So congratulations, Milwaukee asshole. Yeah, that's a good but, one. Speaking of assholes, do you want to take it away with our asshole of the week? What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. Yeah, uh, this 
gentlemen, is uh, this is the second time uh, since we've been doing the uh, video podcast portion of this program that he will don the asshole of the week cap. Yeah. Angel Hernandez. I'm winner. Angel Hernandez has um, proven yet again he's not he doesn't deserve to don an MLB um, umpire's cap gear anything. He yeah. does not deserve to be on the field. He basically um, had, I would say, through about five innings, six innings, he had a, a somewhat tolerable strike zone. But sixth inning on, it was almost as if, um, you know, he needed to be somewhere. Um, he wanted this game yeah. to end. Um, he was calling balls six inches off the plate, strikes. He really gave he didn't give a hitter a chance. And finally, when Lewis Robert gets rung up on a ball that was easily six inches off the plate, should have mm -hmm. been ball for first base. Tim Anderson loses his shit. And uh, he then gets ejected along with uh, Renteria. Um, so, so not only is he fucking up the calls, he's affecting the game by by yeah. kicking out key players and the manager for complaining about his calls. So now, now we all compounding his ineptness. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 not a good umpire. He's no. not. Maybe at one point he was because I don't ever remember knowing his name. So for a lot of years he was probably fine, but the last decade he's been horrendous. He has been a thorn in the White Sox side. Um, seems to be particularly White Sox that he fucks over, which well, is Well, I mean, those are the games I'm watching, though. I've too. seen games, and I, I don't notice the same things that you, I've noticed I, I, watching White Sox games. So. Yeah, I mean... anecdotal, but... Yeah, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe maybe it goes back. I know him and Ozzie Gein did not get along, so... Um, he knows he's calling kind of, game shit, so he wanted to give him something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, this was this was, this is where it all started back, back then, so... The 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 good news is we do not have to see him in the playoffs because of that whole discussion that part of the lawsuit and part of the lawsuit uncovering how terrible he is. They they <laughs> have they have they they have removed him from um, postseason play. His, can you his can crew. you what's the what's the lawsuit again? Oh, uh, I believe the the lawsuit was he was saying he was being discriminated against That's right. because uh, 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 for for better for better games where MLB said no, you're not being discriminated against because of your ethnicity. You're being you're not being even discriminated against. You're being not allowed to do these games because your umpiring is not up to par. You're just terrible at your job. But but this leads to a bigger question, which which I I've I've seen come up on Twitter, and it wasn't even Angel Hernandez. It was who 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 was questioned. Something happened in another game last week, and it was, you know, how are the umpires really held accountable? Like you don't ever see them get fired. I think that at least needs, not that I'm aware of. There needs to be more transparency. I think there is some discipline, but it's never made public. Um, yeah, I mean, this discipline with Angel Hernandez is he doesn't get to do postseason games, so I guess that's money out of his pockets. Right. So that, that's motivation to be better at your job. But, like, like there's just – it just – you know, we all look at it, and I think you're – I'm sure you're right, Ryan. There obviously is disciplinary action, as we're talking about right now with him. But, like, it does need to be more transparent because the general yeah. – the general thought is 
they get to do what they want. They get to more, more than they should control the outcome of a game, which should yeah. not be controlled by them. It should be controlled by the players on the field. Exactly. And we all know the names of way too many umpires now because yeah. I barely knew the names of the umpires when I was growing up. The only guy I knew, and I can't remember his name now, was because he was on a commercial, the old Italian umpire. Um, God, his name escapes me, but yeah. I only knew his name because he, be he became like a TV personality. But he, he was a good umpire, right? It wasn't because he was calling crappy games. Right. Now, the thing that makes matters worse is in, in, a, in a series that has a lot to do with playoff seating, we get to see Angel Hernandez yeah. this weekend, and that would mean he's probably going to be behind the plate because he... Yeah, had, maybe we'll luck out and he won't be behind the plate in this one, but... Maybe Mammal B placed a call and said you can't be behind the plate, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. And I would hate for either team... Because it would be unfair for yeah. for either team to be affected by, and the the Indians were also affected a bit by by sure. the Angel Hernandez stuff too. But the fact that he's affecting baseball and the outcome of games as much as he can is is just this guy does not deserve to be on the field. He should be fired. Yeah, the the worst part of it, like I said, was you know <laughs> incompetence behind the plate, whatever. That that's one level, but. When you are affecting games by your thin skin, you know having to eject people because you can't handle criticism from the dugout is affecting games in a far, you know, far more dramatic way. Um, it's just gross, and it's it's got to stop. And it, it's all based on fragile egos, and we've talked about this for years. And there's examples across umpiring everywhere with Joe West and. Eh, Funky Dan Bellino, I gave some shit last week. I'm not sure if he's quite to that level yet, but you're seeing some signs that, you know, umpires just across the board, their egos are out of control and it's affecting games. And it, that's the last thing an umpire should be doing. So, yeah. And, and, and let's be honest, a strike zone can be bad, yeah. but be consistent. Well, that's going to be taken away soon enough. I believe we are going to have the electronic strike zone in the very near future, if not next year. And that will solve a lot of problems, I believe. Might create some new ones, but hopefully we can work through that. But that, that maybe, yeah. that's a, maybe that's a good off-season discussion we'll have coming up. Yeah. Um, so, asshole of the week, full on, hundred percent, hundred and ten percent vote goes to one Angel Hernandez, who we get to see somewhere tonight. Who knows where? Yeah. Hopefully, we don't hear his name called very often this weekend. But we yeah. are going to have an exciting weekend with the Crosstown series. Um, good luck to all involved. I have no idea. Like we said, we have no idea how this is going to play out. But there are going to be massive ramifications, whether it's division winning. Whether it's uh, playoff seedings, there's a lot up in the air. So we've got the battle title race to look at with that series. So that's going to be a lot yeah. of fun this weekend. Can't wait. And uh, random, random uh, thought that I forgot to mention. Oh, yeah. The White hey, Sox wait, segment. Wait. Return, return of one of our favorite segments. Pete, well, you're, shit you're, Pete forgot. Yeah, and it's going to involve Trevor Bauer and Tim Anderson. And you know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, so Tre yeah. Trevor Trevor Bauer came out and thought Timmy, he said Timmy was weak, you know, for not doing a major uh, bat toss during the <laughs> home run he demolished, just destroyed yeah. to dead center. I mean, uh, when you get beat up that bad on a, such a, just an embarrassing home run, though, I guess the best trash talk you could say is why didn't you fucking bat toss on that? <laughs> so that's what Trevor Bauer says. The part of the story Trevor Bauer left off is Tim shouted at him, 
make sure you put that on your YouTube channel. That was so awesome. he, he, he didn't want to, I think, you know, cause they kind of have this friendly Twitter <laughs> fun and back and forth. They have a very good demeanor to one another. I don't think he wanted to totally show him up. So he, he, he went on the light side, but Bauer, you know, when Bauer's beat, I think he's kind of a good sport about it. It is what it is. That's actually why Bauer is getting on my good side. Cause I think he is, I mean, he's a, he's an asshole, but he's also self-deprecating. I think he, yeah. he, he gets it. Um, yeah. He's brash and kind of out there, but with that, that banter back and forth with him and Anderson actually kind of, kind of made me think they're there. He's actually might be a pretty cool dude. Exactly. Cause I think it was all tongue in cheek. It was not, they were definitely not really going after each other in any, no. any palace. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see it this week on his YouTube channel, but I didn't look that hard. So yeah, I might have to look that up. If maybe if one of these games is a blowout this weekend, I'll have to I'll have to check that out. I'll send I'll send you the link if I find something. All right, cool. That's it. My random, my missed random thought during the White Sox segment. I'm glad <laughs> I was my, able to bring it back for everybody. My favorite segment. Pete, shit, Pete forgot. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for that, me. With that, uh, we're gonna conclude this episode of. You can catch us on Facebook. You can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, and of course at majorleagueaholes.com. You can catch us everywhere you want to listen to a podcast. The podcast is going strong. So check us out. There's no reason not to find us there. So I guess with that, I'm declaring this podcast over. Peace. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time.